This week's episode is brought to you by SketchWallet. SketchWallet provides some awesome products for artists on the go, like travel size sketch pads, pencils, and of course, let's not forget SketchWallet's feature product, the SketchWallet. It's a handy little high quality wallet made from real durable materials that acts as a wallet for your mini sketch pad and pencil and things you'd normally keep in your wallet. And it fits right into your back pocket or purse. Then when you fill up your sketchbook, they make it easy to refill your sketch wallet with easily reloadable materials that you can order right off the website. So head to sketchwallet.com T-A-N right now to check out their beautifully made leather options as well as their budget and vegan friendly canvas options coming soon. Again, that's sketchwallet.com T-A-N. This is the Animation Network. With this podcast, you get to tune in every week to hear top industry professionals in my network discussing network animation. Our goal here is to bring you effective tips, tricks, secrets, and practices for breaking into and navigating through the current landscape of TV animation. I'm your host, Chris Wimberly. Thanks for tuning into the network today. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Animation Network. This is episode number 84, and uh, we're just coming off of a really great week last week with a really great finish. Thanks to everybody who made it to one or both parts of the mixer. We really had an amazing time, and I was so excited by the wonderful response. People were tweeting about it all through the weekend and thanking us on Facebook. Um, And I got to meet tons of great people, and unfortunately, I didn't get to meet everybody, but that's just how many of you there were that showed up. So it was really, really amazing. Um, and so many of you were so amped about it that um, you were asking for even another one. So we're definitely going to look to do that. So, uh, you know, stay tuned um, because we'll try to make that happen maybe um, sometime in the spring. So if this is the first time that you've ever checked this out, um, thanks for tuning into the Animation Network. Um We know that there's lots of podcasts out there for you to choose from about animation, so we're excited to have you um, listen to what we're all about. Um, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any of the episodes. We have a new one that comes out every Monday during the seasons, and um, I think you'll really enjoy what we got. And speaking of episodes, don't forget that we are getting ready for our next AMA episode. So if you have a question that you want to ask us, submit it right now. I can't say this enough. No question is too small or too dumb. I know a lot of people hold on to their questions because they're shy or embarrassed to ask their questions, but I'm telling you, if one person has that question, there's a hundred other people with the same question. So don't be afraid to ask. Um, Just shoot us an email or you can ask us on Twitter or Facebook and uh, we'll add it to the collection and hopefully we'll read yours. I think it's going to be next week when we do the AMA episode. Um, Okay. So this episode is really, really important, and I'm excited to bring it to you. It's chock full of info that I know a lot of you have been dying to know. So make sure you get ready to take some notes and let us know what you think afterward. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're ready. Are you ready? Okay, yep, sure. I'm, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited um, because it's been a little while since I've had an art director on this podcast um and and so that means we're well over overdue for this um so i'm really excited that you're here 
Um, so let's just start by introducing who you are. So can you do me a favor? Because nobody can introduce themselves <laughs> better than themselves. So can you tell everybody who they're listening to? Yes. Um, my name is Paula Spence, and currently I am the supervising art director on Close Enough, which is a new show for primetime on TBS being produced at Cartoon Network. That's why I have people introduce themselves. That was like, <laughs> that was pristine. Oh, that was really? Good. Yeah, almost <gasps> almost rehearsed, some may say. Um, um, I should also add yeah. that I am um, also on the board at the Animation Guild, yes. um, which is the labor union that we many of us belong to. And um, I am currently the recording secretary for the Animation Guild. Recording secretary? I was going to ask you about that. In fact, I'm glad that you brought that up now because ultimately I wanted to bring that up and um, I, I think this is the other second reason why I'm so excited to have you specifically on this podcast because we've only had one other person representing the union Bronnie. on yeah Bronnie, Bronnie and Barry <laughs> and that was I don't know like season two and you're gonna be in season five okay of this. so it's been a while too long Okay. So, well, I'm here now. Yes, it, and it's going to be great. I love your hair, by the way. Oh, is that new you. within the last few? That is new within the last 24 hours. Okay, because I was like, I don't... By the way, we do work on the same show. So Yes. And I was like, I don't remember. Maybe I'm just not very observant. No. Okay, okay. It was probably this color about four weeks ago, and then it slowly mm. fades, and then my lady does my hair again, and I never know what she's going to do because I... <laughs> always like to be surprised you, so today it matches my eyes yeah you are brave oh it looks great I, that's why i noticed it i'm like wow that's pretty sharp um okay so i want to dive into first questions about being an art director and then we'll do some questions later about the union stuff um my first question i have for you um is a little bit more about your background um, did you always intend to develop your artistic ability specifically for animation? Was that like a thing that you thought you were going to do? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I grew up in Southern California. Um, I always liked to draw, but that's about as close to animation as I thought I was going to get until uh -huh. I was actually in it. Um, wow. I grew up, like I said, well, down by the beach in Huntington Beach. Oh, okay. And um, I've got run-of-the-mill parents for you know I'm run-of-the-mill myself and um, uh, I just grew up in this family where I happened to have a grandmother that was very artsy she was an art a ceramic artist um, and she encouraged me um, to the point of not wanting me to have coloring books because I could draw better myself she said Wow. and um, so with a grandmother like that encouraging me and giving me books on clay and Miro when I was like five years old and taking me to art museums wow. and some parents that supported without worrying <laughs> that I was spending too much time drawing. Right. <laughs> uh, I just grew up loving to draw and I, and I took a lot of art classes in high school. Uh, when I got out of high school, the week later I started my first art job mm. um, and I started community college. So I got a job um, doing illustrations and eventually desktop publishing and graphic design for a children's education publishing company. So it was books for teachers to use in the classroom. So all those little worksheets you got when you were in grade school, yeah, yeah. I did stuff like that. And um, yeah. 
it was fun. I did that for several years, and I worked my way through college. Um, so, like I said, I went to um, Orange Coast College in oh, Costa wow. Mesa, wow. Uh, which was near home. And then I um, transferred eventually uh, when I got a kick in the butt from one of my uh, former high school teachers. He gave me a scholarship to go to uh, Cal State Long Beach, which did not at the time have an animation program. Right, so right. I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts in illustration and um, did have a little bit of a peek into the entertainment industry while I was there because one of uh, one of the graduate students um, that I was going to school with, um, she did uh, storyboarding work on live action. So mm-hmm. I learned a little bit about storyboarding through her. Um, but that I always kept my eyes open and just saw what was available around me and figured I didn't have too many limits beyond (laughs) myself. So um, uh, I left, I eventually left that publishing job and went to work at Disneyland, the park, um, in their entertainment art department. Um, People don't know about this department, but it survives beyond the scenes. I first started in their off-site scenic shop doing paintings of big set pieces, uh, backdrops for parties. Awesome. <laughs> um, I worked at the scenic shop for about a year, and then I managed to get a um, really great job doing concept art for live entertainment, like shows and parades. And that got me into going up to the animation studio here in Burbank and um, getting to see previews of the features that were coming out long before they came out so that Mm -hmm. we could do synergy and bring those features into the park. So I got to see a lot of style guides and um, pencil test stuff and uh, develop some parades and stuff. Well, I did concept art. And then once uh, we sold the concepts, they went on to designers. But the one really great thing I got to actually design was actually in a ride, and it was um, Small World Holiday. I don't know if you've ever been to the park during the – the holidays, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's that amazing. stuff that they put in inside and outside the um, that ride mm-hmm. is my work. So that's I'm pretty excited. <laughs> that is something. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, forget animation. <laughs> Just stop there. Yay. <laughs> well, I know I still like get all weepy when I go because I remember we did the premiere, and I think that was oh, ninety seven or ninety eight, and um, we premiered it, and they had. The Sherman Brothers were there to um, celebrate. They had a children's choir like they had when they opened the ride in the first place. And they set off fireworks and then, boom, lit the front of the the ride up with off of my concept art that I did. And, oh, the tears flowed. And I feel like crying right now because I'm so proud of it. Uh, That's amazing. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's what I was uh, doing until I got a call from a former college classmate who had found his way into animation and he was working on um spongebob squarepants oh actually he he had started on cat dog at nickelodeon and um got onto spongebob showed me the animatic probably he wasn't supposed to show me you know before the thing premiered (laughs) and i thought it was hilarious and the craziest thing i ever saw with this Square sponge wearing underwear, tidy whities and yeah. um, and then the next year he called me and he they had an opening so he gave me a test. Wow. I did three backgrounds I think very simple SpongeBob backgrounds, 
And I guess I beat everybody out, and they offered me the job, and it kind of broke my heart to leave my Disneyland job, but sure. it uh, was much better for my bank account. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. I did not look back. I did look yeah. back because I went back the next week, and I signed a contract to um, – freelance for oh, my nice. old job <laughs> so that was go. nice yeah. I I did that for a while I haven't done any work for them lately but yeah. I still get to visit the park once in a while and enjoy things that I did in the old days yeah that's amazing <laughs> wow like I don't even know where to begin with that background story <laughs> I'm sorry There's... I feel like that was way too much information too <laughs> well maybe for somebody listening for me I'm like just devouring all this because we actually have a lot of parallel like near misses so i grew up in orange county oh my gosh i know yeah there's not many of us in burbank who (gasps) who are from southern california yeah it's like usually people are like where are you from and they're from some other state or some other country or whatever yeah so it's very rare to find somebody from southern california here in burbank (laughs) so that's number one i went to school over in anaheim hills oh yeah so i know occ all that stuff i know exactly then I went to school at Cal State Fullerton. Oh, hooray, uh, Cal State! I know, I know. The best education. It's amazing, <laughs> especially bang for the buck. I mean, yeah, yeah, I really come away with a lot from there. Except then, for not student loans. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Uh, and then I work at Disneyland. Oh my God, is, what department? Uh, so I started, everybody loves this story. I actually start my animation journey as being a custodian at Disneyland. <gasps> oh, a custodian, just like uh, the guy that's heading John Lasseter. Lasseter. Okay, I did How remember is... that he started in custodial. Yeah, he started. Though. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, which is also where I met my wife. We worked there together at the oh. same time. And then, uh, and then my first job in animation was on SpongeBob. That's right. Yeah, no joke. I do remember that you but, worked on SpongeBob. But it was season six when I started okay I went yeah. one through three and then we took a break yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I did a teeny bit I just kind of replaced somebody for a month um, on the movie that who had gone on a medical leave I did a little yeah. work on the first movie but wow that's amazing a lot of parallels here it's yeah. a small industry I guess um, that's amazing um, and that very much answered my question so that's perfect <laughs> i did not shoot for animation but i got here <laughs> yes and the animation is all the better for it um so as an art director uh how do you explain that particular role and how you guide the aesthetic of a show first of all i have to tell you that i love that you use the word aesthetic oh thank <laughs> i you. do thank you i always say my grandparents were artists but that was my grandmother was actually doing artwork, ceramics, paintings, and my grandfather was a ceramic engineer. And he was an artist in his own right, but also an engineer mm. and a book lover. And I inherited his book collection, and boy, is there a stack of books on aesthetics, and I haven't made it through all of them yet. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, there is an aesthetic to every show. Uh-huh. and. Um, I was fortunate enough to partake in the development of the last 
few shows that I've worked on. Um, Flat, the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack and Regular Show. On Flapjack, I just did BG designs for the pilot. Okay. So I could have so much influence, but it was a little bit of art directory influence because when we were developing it, Thurup Van Orman wanted uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had some really clear ideas about making it look like scrimshaw or in old engravings mm. and woodcuts. And I won't say that I was freaking out, <laughs> but I did have to kind of almost pull him back from what where he wanted to go because um, we were talking about putting line work, filling the skies with line work and having the clouds appear as negative space. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I had to think ahead, like, is this producible? Can mm -hmm. I do this just for the pilot? And what happens if it goes to series? Can we keep doing this on yeah. the sky? Like, yeah. it's not really feasible. I mean, we might have been able to make it happen, but we found different ways. And through color and through, well, everybody knows the style of that show, right. which I'm very proud of. Um, but we found other ways um, to have a flapjack style. Mm -hmm. um, for regular show, I was in it from the beginning with JG and... I don't really think, I think most people don't think of regular show as an amazing art show, <laughs> an amazing show like Flapjack looked uh -huh. really great. Regular show looks great in its own way, and I'm very proud of it, but it's called regular show for a reason. I was just going to say that, but I didn't want to beat you to that punchline. <laughs> Thank but you. Yes, yes that's You good. can read my foreword in the book, The Art of the Regular Show. Really? Um, is there really one? Yeah, there is. Holy cow, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. We made it, um, gosh, maybe sixth or seventh season. And, um, that's amazing. It's, it's filled <laughs> with a lot of like post-it note drawings, and, um, and oh, I did get cool. to ride the foreword, so that was nice. That's awesome. <laughs> um, in that case, uh, JG had a definite vision, and I'm really lucky that he I got to work with somebody that knew what he wanted but he didn't know how to say it so mm. I pulled out all the stops with the questions um, I listened and he gave me examples he, he talked about examples and then I did a lot 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 of tests um, just mm. little examples like do you like crow quill pen do you like fountain pen do you like this that and the wow. other thing and um, Fortunately, we worked closely enough together on Flapjack and in the same studio, mm -hmm. that, and I was willing to just, you know, keep throwing out ideas until mm -hmm. we found the right uh, the right thing. Um, as an art director, if you're lucky enough to have been on it since the pilot and um, developed the show with the creator, um, it makes it much easier to know exactly how to tell your your artist that you're super supervising. Um, how to match that style um, mm -hmm. and knowing you know I you must have heard it's called regular show for a reason before I've probably said it a million times yeah. more than anybody ever wants to hear it but <laughs> but uh, I, it's good to, for me to have gotten that straight from JG so that right. I can uh, translate it to other people right. um, and that just uh, he, knowing JG's vision for this show has made it so much easier for me to just translate it to um, the other artists and if I see something going off of the style then I can pull it back or let it go because the shows develop as as they 
proceed through time. You know, we all know The Simpsons doesn't look like their first season anymore. Yeah. And regular show didn't look the same in season eight as it did in season one. So, um, but you can guide it as art director. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I I like exactly how you kind of wove it into working with the EP because it is a collaboration. You know, it's um, even, even when an executive producer who may or may not be the creator of the show, but even if they are, it's not always just 100% their right. brainchild. It's usually somebody who's experienced, who's helping to uh, realize that direction and, and bring it there. So, yes. um, yeah, that's awesome. One other important thing about um, not only doing the artwork is, and this goes back to what I was saying about Flapjack, is while you're creating that pilot or that style, you do have to keep in mind whether you're going to be able to keep doing it <laughs> for the right. the run of the show. You know, when look, hopefully your art director has experience enough to know how long it takes to do this kind of background drawing and that this kind of painting and those drawings, um, those those backgrounds on uh, regular show were drawn with pencil and on paper, and mm-hmm. then they were painted with real watercolors at the beginning. Um, So I've got a drawer full of old, really washy paintings. (laughs) They don't look like much, but when when we scanned them and we finished them off digitally, they were pretty nice. And um, we eventually got away from doing the real paintings and uh, went to all all, uh, digitally created um, paintings Using our scanned drawings, we still draw the the pencils, or sorry, still, I'm considering this. (gasps) I'm considering that I'm still working on regular show because we have a very similar style because it's almost as if regular shows graduated to adulthood in this new show close enough. So uh, similar style, but we're we're still drawing with pencils for the backgrounds and then the paintings are finished digitally. But that's amazing. They start with watercolor texture scans, so. Yeah, I didn't even know that, and I work across oh, the floor from you. Really? So, oh, anytime yeah. you want to see. Well, I'm glad that I brought you here just to ask you about how we make the show I work okay. on. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so something I would be curious about if I was listening to an art director, and I'm sure probably other people feel this way, is when you're looking to staff talent on a new show um, or maybe a show that's already going, um, what sort of signals are you looking for in submissions, meaning their portfolios and things, um, that tell you that somebody is right for that job? I think that is an excellent question. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I might be looking for a job one of these days, but Uh um, okay, the first thing I look for, and it's the first and last thing I look for, I think, is a confident line and good drawing skills. Um, Even if there's a colored color uh, position open, you know, okay, the drawing skills might not matter so much, but Mm -hmm. confidence is what I look for. Um, If someone's kind of tentative about things, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the show done. And that's, as art director, that's my top priority is I need this person to come onto this show, whether it's, you know, the first episode or the 50th, and get the style of the show and get the work done and make it look like regular show, Flapjack, Spongebob, whatever. Um, so I'd look for confidence in drawing skills. Um, if 
someone has a confident hand, you can feel confident that they are going to be able to match your style. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. uh, you can teach them to match that style. And if their portfolio is well-rounded enough for you to see different styles in it, that's an even better indicator that they are probably going to be able to match your style. That's good. Um, so when you're starting out, you might not have a lot of styles in your portfolio because it might be built on your college work or your, your art school work, and that's fine. Um, we can tell a lot from that, but mm-hmm. have confident drawings in there. Um, a lot of times I go straight, if someone's got a, a website or something that I'm directed to, I go straight to the sketchbook section. Mm. Um People always say include some life drawings in sketchbook, and it's my favorite part because that that's where you can see what people are interested in drawing. Okay. You know? um, and I think if I were looking for some really specific things, like if it was a character designer, what I'd be looking for is somebody who's going to show me things that are go beyond like a the typical hands on the hips heroic <laughs> turn of a character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to see that character um, just doing something else, you know, hanging yeah. laundry on a laundry line or walking the dog or whatever. In a, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm looking for somebody for a comedy show, I want to see them doing funny things. If Absolutely. it's a adventure show or an action show, then. They should be doing action-oriented things. Show them fighting, but show them doing something other than posing. Yeah, <laughs> acting. So basically. yeah, acting, because that's what you're going to have to draw. Whether it's storyboards or character design, you got to be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same thing for props and effects. I want to see a confident line and the ability to draw just about anything um and if you specialize in something then great show a bunch of cars or show a bunch of water and flame effects Mm -hmm. um but a confident line is what i look for and then for backgrounds i am looking for a good sense of perspective (laughs) and the ability to cheat perspective because if you can't cheat you are going to have a hard time (laughs) working on this show yeah um you know, it's good to to be able to make something look right in perspective, but if something in the storyboard requires magical perspective, mm-hmm. that, you know, some characters walking around in the space and one-point perspective doesn't work, then you got to be able to cheat your vanishing points. Yeah. So if I see that in somebody's portfolio, that's awesome. I'm wow. I love that person from the start. <laughs> so yeah. That's so good. Um, and and one other thing about backgrounds is that uh, and I come from backgrounds, so I have a little bit of a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when I can see someone's personality or sense of humor in their backgrounds. Um, mm. backgrounds have to fall back and support mm-hmm. the characters and the animation so mm-hmm. you usually don't get to be the superstar when you're a background designer but if someone can slip in a <laughs> joke or an easter egg or say in my case my cats then <laughs> i <laughs> i love it i love having someone that can um really feel the sensibility of a show and add to it you know yeah, that's so good. I mean, a big reason I ask this is because I see a lot of 
portfolio. Doing this podcast, as you may imagine, <laughs> I see lots of portfolios yes. that get sent to me. Um, and I've done the reviews at CTN. Like when I was working at Disney, I did portfolio reviews. Um, and the thing that you hammered on every few sentences was confident line, confident mm-hmm. line. It's so amazing. And maybe I just want to clarify in case people aren't quite sure what confident line means. Um, it's like when when you see that like that line that looks like a hairy <laughs> that hairy line that's like a this yes. like a sprinkler that's not confident line right no um, but I think that it also doesn't mean something that looks like it, a stencil was used to to trace it necessarily Correct. right like yeah. a clean line is different than a confident line is different than a static line that's not doing much of anything right yeah. So, and we, we yeah. all need to use that hairy line once in a while or <laughs> yeah. all the time, but yeah. do it in light blue and then go over it with a graphite pencil. Oh, and there you go. Get your confident line on top of that. Like, yeah. there's plenty of times my, my favorite drawings of my own are ones that have lots of cojones. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I just go in there and draw bold lines right from the start, but sometimes you're drawing something you don't feel comfortable with. Like, yeah. A police car wheel well or something, and Ooh, the angle's good. just wrong, and it's you know you're not sure what it should look like, and you got to draw that hairy line. But search for go it, in yeah. afterwards, and you once you find it, go in and yeah, do it good. again and do it with confidence. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so then I'm wondering how someone can prepare themselves to eventually promote from let's say just being a regular design not a regular designer that's not nice <laughs> yes but being a designer being how do how does a person promote up to an art director oh man i'm i know how i did it mm-hmm. <laughs> usually you do it by being good at what you do um i want to start by saying art direction is not for everyone and oh, it is almost not necessarily a promotion from a design or color position, it's kind of a just a different track, um, mm. and it happens to be a supervisory position. Um, I think art direction is for people who are organized, slightly anal retentive, or very anal retentive, confident, and downright bossy. Mm. And um, it, that's not to mention being a bit of a mother hen who mm-hmm. can um, work with all kinds of people because when you're an art director, you are working with lots of people. You're supervising them and you're managing them. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be able to work with the artists and the people who like to talk about money and schedules, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. And the best art directors can talk to everybody and, and make everybody happy and work mm-hmm. together. Um, it's not for everyone. If you just want to draw or paint, great do it keep doing it make yourself happy do that there's nothing wrong with it um don't worry about overseeing everything and everyone yeah but um having said that uh you'll find out (laughs) if you want to be an art director um because you will start wanting to manage things and direct um direct the way things are going and um I didn't really know consciously that I wanted to do it um, until somebody asked me if I would do it for them. And now that's not to say just because somebody asks you should do it because I've (sighs) seen a lot of people that are 
flattered by the request. You know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you want me to be your art director? Yes, like mm -hmm. hot stuff. Well, oh my God, that you might be the last person that should be an art director. Sure, yeah. Um, but uh, having said all that, um, the best thing you can do to prepare yourself um, to be an art director is to learn the animation process backwards and forwards, left and right, um, traditional and CG. You know, you've got to know everything, old technologies, new technologies. I, I feel really thankful that I started um, on SpongeBob when the show was still done on cell yeah. and the backgrounds were still done like regular backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, old style with overlays and underlays and OLULs and all kinds yeah. of layers. Um, you need to understand what happens in the animation pipeline um, from beginning to end, um, from writing to shipping to retakes to actual final delivery. Mm. Um, that helps. Mm -hmm, <laughs> you mm -hmm. don't have to know so much post-production, um, but um, you've got to know when each happens when each step happens, mm -hmm. um, how long each step takes, how long all of the art should take. Yeah. Um, you should probably learn to do all the crafts in the art department from mm. background design to character design. You don't necessarily need to be a master of all of those right, things, right. but you should try them all out. <laughs> yeah. Um, make friends with the people on your show that um, are doing different crafts than you and learn. Um, you don't have to do it professionally, but um, just understand what, what it takes to do that job. Um, props and effects. Um, if you're a designer, you know, you need to learn about color. Uh, you can't really be an art director without also thinking about color. Um, and you can't do it without thinking about design. <laughs> if you mm -hmm. come from color, uh, there's a lot of different ways to become an art director, but you do need to kind of know everything. And if you're on the CG show, you should have a decent grasp at least of 3D modeling, texturing, rigging, lighting. Yeah. Um, you got to at least know what it takes to get that stuff done or how much time it takes, you know, whether that's talking to your coworkers um, on you know, six different shows, yeah. um, knowing how, how much they, how much time things take. Um, as an art director, you're better off if you can do the job of everyone that you're supervising. Um, it's even best if you are better than them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I won't say that I'm better than everybody I supervise because I have a lot of great people on my show. But if I need to in a pinch, I can do, you know, fill in for them or finish off their artwork or revise things. Um, you also have to be able to set reasonable expectations for how long it takes to produce the artwork for your particular production, whether it's a film or a TV episode. Um, and you gotta be able to work with artists and management to get it done without right. anyone dying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want anyone yeah. to die. <laughs> yeah, man, that is It's phenomenal. a lot, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, it is, but it's truth. And that's what I love about it is that it's so thorough that people who have grand ideas about, even whether it's running a show or just being yeah. a, a supervisor in one department or another, whether it's art department or story department, whatever, um, they forget the nuances 
of what it takes to do the job. And I like my my favorite point about what you said is the um, when you kind of hammered home that idea of y- you really have to know a lot of what's going on. Like you don't have to be the best at those things, yes. but you have to understand <laughs> them. Because otherwise, how are you going to communicate to your team what you need from the, for them to do? Or in the example you used earlier about, okay, well, I worked with JG to figure out what this look and feel should be so now I got to turn around and teach it to six seven ten other people yeah how to do it you know and just because you can draw well or paint well doesn't mean that you can teach yes. right and that's a big <laughs> thing I mean that's kind of like a a life thing like just yeah. because you can do something well doesn't mean anybody can teach it so right or that anybody can match it you know you might that have, too yeah if you work on a pilot for something and you put your heart and soul into it and way too many hours I don't know if the people that come after you that you need to supervise can can do that every day of every week of every season Um, so you gotta set um, reasonable goals and a reasonable style that other people can match because you can't do it all yourself (laughs) and nor do you want to no you don't want to um that's good now having said all that i i tend to be a more uh manager talker uh, art Mm -hmm. director Mm -hmm. where i spend a lot of time directing um and i don't get to do as much art as i would love to do uh if I had more time, and here at Cartoon Network, there's a certain a certain set of responsibilities that the art directors need to take care of. Um, at other studios or on other shows, you know, their art directors might have a chance to do more development, you know, yeah. for each mm-hmm. episode or do more production art. Um, and I'm slightly jealous, but then I also like doing what I do. I love overseeing the whole process and directing and making decisions and um, just managing. (laughs) I like doing that. Uh, Some people get into an art director job and then they end up, you know, oh boy, burning out on it because they just want to paint or design or design and paint or, or do visual development. And that's not necessarily an art director's job, but if they can find a studio or an employer that will allow them to do that as art director that's great i'm very happy for them and and lots of people do that lots of yeah. people do more art than i get to anymore <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's funny because i um i've worked just now at almost every major studio in, in burbank yeah. except for dreamworks but i talk to a lot of directors and more of them feel the way you do oh than okay ha- yeah more of them are like yeah, it's great, but you know, I miss drawing or yeah. you know, I miss painting or whatever. And yeah, there's a couple of times you get to fill in and do the thing and help out whatever, but more often than not, I think people tend to feel like yeah, you you do lose a little bit of that like being excited to come in and just and draw and paint that yeah. day. So I'm totally excited to come in and type. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't and write be? emails right. and write reference lists and write notes on people's artwork, but <laughs> Yeah. And I get excited when I I'd sit and do approvals every morning with JG and we look at artwork um, mm-hmm. and if he wants something a little bit different than what we see on the screen in front of us I go oh hold on and I open the file and bing 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 and do some photoshop tricks and yeah. 
That's a real crowd pleaser. Awesome. <laughs> it gets good. me, you know, some fun, creative joy, and JJ's always impressed. Nice. <laughs> I love it. And we get approvals that way, so. All of that stuff uh, was absolutely amazing. And um, before I let you get out of here, I do want to also ask <laughs> you some union stuff because, again, it's been a while since anybody has come on and really shared some some information about it. And even though I did an episode talking about union stuff, people still have a lot of questions. and. Oh. Um, and they say that uh, that was one of their favorite episodes because it's just this big void that they're not too sure what yeah. it is, especially if they're not in California. They just, you know, it's not yep. as accessible. So I want to ask you some questions about that stuff. Okay. Um, so, again, you, you did say what your title is in the union. Can you kind of explain what that role and involvement is? Yes. Okay. So I um, I'm – I am the recording secretary for the Animation Guild, and let's see, um, what does that mean? <laughs> it means that I record the minutes for all of the executive board meetings and the general membership meetings. Mm. Um, I'm on the board, um, and the person that is the recording secretary sits with a laptop during the meetings and just takes notes on what we're discussing um, it's a legal document, and we keep oh, wow. it on file, and um, we refer to it later on if we need to. Um, it's a record of what we talk about in the meetings and what what uh, decisions are made, and you know we mm -hmm. might vote on something, and we have to go back and see when did we vote on that, and when mm -hmm. then when do we act on it, or whatever. Um, I also have some other duties like swearing in uh, new members. Oh, which wow. I totally love. It is. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this happen at a general membership meeting. Um, we just started doing it recently, oh, okay. actually. I never did a swearing in, but mm -hmm. um, no, awesome. and I also, if you check your union card, it's mm -hmm. got my signature on it. And I didn't sign mm -hmm. every four thousand one hundred and something cards, but um, it's a digital signature. Um, nice. I need to do a lot of official um, recording secretary business. Um, yeah. And occasionally sign checks. <laughs> cool. That's perfect. I mean, that yeah. definitely um, gives the exact reason why you're here because you kind of like you are in the mix. I mean, you go to everything. So yeah, I do. I, I go to a lot of the meetings. And that's why I uh, when I started uh, in animation, I was working at Nickelodeon and they were not a union shop yet. Oh, wow. Um, and I knew that they were coming around and they brought cards uh representation cards, um, which is how a non-union studio ends up organizing mm -hmm. if enough members sign a card requesting uh, representation. And um, that actually happened at Nickelodeon while I was away from the studio. Oh. Um, when I was finished on SpongeBob, I went away and worked. Um, the animation industry was very slow that year, 2002. And I actually went back to my old job at Disneyland. Oh, um, wow. Freelance. I worked at home and I did a lot of freelance for them and occasional freelance animation work. And when I went back to the studio um, about a year later, uh, they had gone union and mm -hmm. um, I was really happy to join. I think that a lot of people, even people that are in the guild, um, they don't know what a union is and they... Um, they think they're bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I get 
a lot of questions about that actually and that is a question I want to ask you is um, how how do you explain yeah. <laughs> to somebody <laughs> who's never heard of it whether they're coming from maybe another state or just outside of any kind of line of business that has a union to it yeah. how do you explain what a union or in this case tag 839 yes. <laughs> um, what it is and what it does for them oh boy okay well um, basically it's people uh, working together to bargain collectively for better working conditions um, standard working conditions and better and better working conditions nice. um, the union has been able to bargain with the producers to get us health and pension benefits mm -hmm. and um, standard minimum wages and um, other benefits beyond the health and pension. So now that you're so much more involved uh, with the goings on behind, you know, at on the board of the guild, uh, what sort of direction do you see for the guild, uh, like for its future? Well, like what are um, they trying to do for animators? Well, we're always trying to improve working conditions. Um, we have a lot of new members, and um, a lot of them are younger members. Um, mm -hmm. We've been, this industry has been growing, and we're at an all-time high of membership. Um, we've got over 4,100 members in good standing who are working, and there's plenty more who are retired and still, still benefiting from the union um, mm -hmm. that they have worked with for so many years. Um, so one thing we really need to work on at the Guild and we are working on is communicating better with all of our members, but most especially with our newer members mm -hmm. who don't communicate in the same way necessarily that our older members do. Yeah. Um, I happen to also be the editor of the Pegboard, which is our um, Guild newsletter. It comes out every month, and I think that it is the longest standing you know newsletter published by any entertainment industry wow. unions wow. <laughs> i think i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not 100 percent certain it's because of that um, cute name <laughs> yeah the, i never realized it till board. now yeah you did i just got it right now yeah oh the peg my board. gosh i yeah. think it takes somebody saying it out loud <laughs> to be like oh right the pegboard peg yeah. yeah so yeah uh, we used to have that in our masthead. We have a new, different masthead now. I gotta redesign that thing. Yeah. We got a new. We gotta get the old pegboard <laughs> into the, the current, pegboard. But anyway, um, a lot of people love that. But yeah. it's a lot of retired people and a lot of current people. JG just told me this morning that he read the pegboard, and I was like. What? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I did That's not cool. know he had the time to do that. So I was excited, but um. We have a, a new business rep who just started last December, um, and he is really making it a point to get out on social media, um, which I am yeah. not good at talking about because I'm not actually on social media, but Jason's made sure that we've um, got a presence on Facebook. We actually have two Facebook pages. There's a public one and there's a private one. Mm. When you're a member, you can um, join the private one. And that's how a lot of people share information. And Jason manages a Twitter account. And um, of course, we are probably our most important way to reach members is um, by email. Mm -hmm. But a lot of members delete. <laughs> yeah. Now, I delete certain things like 
my J Crew emails or whatever comes <laughs> through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I delete a lot of things without reading them, but I really, really, really encourage everybody to read their, um, at least scan their Animation Guild emails because they are full of really important information. There might be, you know, it might be about the classes that we mm -hmm. offer or, um, not necessarily that we offer, but we facilitate a lot yes, of classes. Right, there's right. stuff, there's classes at the Guild you can take. There's classes at the American Animation Institute that you can take. There's classes that IDO and their five-star program that they facilitate. A lot of these classes are free for union members. Um, so we like to share that information. And then there we might be sending out a wage survey to gather information mm -hmm. for the next negotiations. That. That's right. But did you do it? I did. Woo! I did. And it's not because I knew you were going to be on this show and that you Great. may ask me, but I actually did it, yes. Great. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. I actually need to go and spread the word on the show and make sure everybody got it and and hopefully is doing it. But it's really important to us. When we yeah. send a survey, we're not doing it for fun. We're doing it for you know, for us. real good reasons. And, for, yeah, for us, for all yeah. of us. So what I see us doing now is improving communications with our members. Um, and in doing that, that's not just us communicating to them, it's them communicating with us. So when our members communicate with the board or with Jason or with um, each other, then we learn what, what issues that people are facing, what they need, what they want, what they're experiencing at their jobs. And we can go out and solve problems. I was going to ask you to elaborate. I guess maybe I shouldn't have cut you off. But <laughs> I was going to no, ask please. you if you can elaborate. You can direct uh, like, my attention. Yes. Uh, how, how people can or should take the most advantage of the guild. And whether it's that second pen pension they don't know about or, the, you know, the classes. And I mean, what are some ways that people can take advantage of the guild? Well, uh, for every hour you're working, there's a certain amount that goes into the health and pension um, accounts. Um, you have We have a general health account with uh, motion picture industry health and, or pension and health plans. Mm -hmm. um, and that covers your benefits when you go see the doctor. Um, if you work in the industry long enough, um, for some people it's 15 years, for some people it's 20, um, when you hit that goal, you're going to have your benefits for life as long as you stay wow. in this country. Wow. Oh, is that a wow? Like, uh, you didn't know yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> my face just, like, dropped. I'm like, what? Yes. That's okay, amazing. so what that means um, is that I I'm almost there. Um, when I joined, it was 15 years. Uh, it used to be 20, and then it went to 15 for a complicated but good reason. Um, and unfortunately, back now it's back to 20 um, starting, oh, January of 2016, I think, if you started after that. Mm. But you're probably in my group. Yes. And um, <laughs> once you get to 15 years, then when you retire, um, you're going to have Medicare. You know, like we, we all will have Medicare. But then there's that supplemental insurance that everybody needs to buy to cover everything, you know, mm -hmm. that Medicare doesn't cover. And if you have worked 15 years in the anima animation industry uh, at union jobs, mm -hmm. um, then you will have those benefits wow. for your life. So that will cover what Medicare doesn't. So yeah. 
This is one of the examples of what I call the mom pleasers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, because cool. I call my mother and tell her exciting things about my benefits. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes her heart go pitter-patter. Um, and that includes our health health pension and ben- pension benefits. Um, so there's two pensions. Um, there is a defined benefit. I think I'm getting that phrase right. And that is a monthly payment. Um that when you retire, you will receive a certain amount every month based on the number of hours and years you put in. Wow. Um, there's also, this is the one that people don't know about, an individual account. Um, and that is based on the hours that you've worked. You know, if you put in a lot of overtime or you worked a lot of freelance, that account's just building, building, building beyond your 40 hours in a week. Um, so that is a lump sum payment that when you retire, that money needs to come out of that individual account and you've got to do something with it. You're going to, it's going to be dispersed and you need to, you know, put it into a, another account and wow. hopefully hold on to it and not buy a vintage Corvette and go on 16 really awesome vacations. <laughs> you sound like Put you're speaking away. from, like, that sounds really specific. <laughs> no, Do you no. you know somebody? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have a Corvette okay. yet. No. Yeah. That sounds um, awesome. I'm perfectly happy with my car. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but anyway, so there's two pension plans. Yeah. There's also an option. Um, it's not required. But it's an option to join the Guild's 401k plan. And Mm -hmm. boy, do I encourage everybody to do that. Um, uh, You asked, you know, what is a good way for members to take advantage of their benefits? And that is my first Mm -hmm. thing is join the 401k plan. Um, You can choose to put between 2 and 50% of your (laughs) salary away every week before taxes are taken out. I'd say most people don't do 50%. Sure, right, right. <laughs> um, I started at 10%. I went to 12 and now I do 15 um, uh, Start wherever you're comfortable, but mm-hmm. um, start. Please start. I know a lot of people, especially the young ones, are like, I don't need to do that yet. I'm not old. <laughs> but if you start yeah. when you're young, that stuff piles up for yeah. you. And so when you're 40 or 45 or 50, you realize, oh my God, I did a smart thing when Mm -hmm. I was 22. Um, Please do it. Please, please, please. (laughs) If you call me or email, get in touch with me, stop by my office. I will have a packet so you can sign up um, because I really encourage it. Um, Putting a little bit away in each paycheck before taxes come out is the easiest way to save because you never see that money and Right. Yeah. You don't spend it. Um, second, in ways to take advantage of your guild benefits, um, find out about the classes. Take the classes. I don't know, Chris, have you taken any classes there? I haven't had time because I know, storyboarding you're working. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, same thing for me. Uh, but I know people that have taken them, so I, and I yes. always encourage people. Like, I have friends that are, say, animation directors that are um, – taking storyboard pro classes Mm -hmm. because it helps them in their work or you know a lot of storyboard artists that started with pencil they need to learn storyboard pro um i want to take a sketchup class um because that will help me designing backgrounds or Mm -hmm. you know um they have photoshop classes they have art history classes you can take Mm -hmm. they have life drawing um and you've 
got to check out the range. There are um, classes offered right at the Guild. They're also offered off-site through the American Animation Institute and IDO I mentioned before. The business is constantly changing yeah. and everyone needs to keep up with the times and also master the basics. You know, if you didn't get enough life drawing in wherever you went to school or, or you're feeling rusty, life drawing is going to help you. Storyboard, it's going to help you draw backgrounds. It's going to help you do everything. So take yeah. a refresher life drawing class. Um, when you know more and can show it, that gives you the power to negotiate for, you know, better wages and, and better jobs. And people mm -hmm. start coming for you because they know this person has all of these advantages. You know, they know tools. all the programs, the, all of the tools. They know yeah. how to use the tools. So um, that's good. Anyway, you have more career opportunities. Yeah, I think... Um all that stuff is uh, amazing, and some of it I did not know. Some of it I did know. Oh, okay. I've never taken any of the classes. I've been asked to teach classes at the guild. You or, should. Yeah, and I'm. I'm like, there's so many amazing people there already. Like, what would I teach there? But who knows? Um, yeah, who knows? I'll who teach knows? podcasting 101. Oh yeah. my god! You know yeah. what? I'm gonna mention that at next week's board oh, meeting. Oh <laughs> man, <That'd> be, <laughs> you know awesome. we did talk about um, podcasting at the last oh, board wow. meeting because our young workers committee is uh, gonna start a podcast, and oh, your wow. name came up. Um, oh, did it really? Yes, wow. it did. Holy of course, cow. it did. That's and um, uh, and Bronnie spoke up for you as well oh, because yeah. she's you know worked with you and she's great. Um, she is great yeah. and. That would be an awesome idea. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> Even once we if turn it's off just the mics, workshop. we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah workshop. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Um, so this obviously begs the question, um, where do people go to learn more about the union? Because even you said, get in touch with me and all these kind of <laughs> things. So where do they go to find contact info or nuggets that they can learn extra stuff? Okay. Um, the first thing I would say is go to a union meeting. Um now, having said that, I don't want every member of our union to come to every meeting because right. we cannot fit you in our <laughs> meeting hall. Yeah. Um, uh, we can fit about 120 people in our meeting halls. And if we get up to the 75 level, it's a big party. Like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to suggest that everybody go to every meeting. But go to a meeting, if mm -hmm. you're, especially if you're a new member or if you haven't been to one in a while. They're actually kind of fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they can be. Um, you can meet your peers there. Um, and you find out one of the most important things, I think, for um, the newer members or maybe younger or less experienced members is that when you go to those meetings, you might not want to speak up, and you don't have to. You don't have to say a word. Yeah. But somebody's going to speak up in that meeting, and that might kindle something in you. Mm. That you go, oh, my gosh, that person is experiencing the same thing I'm experiencing at my desk in my studio on another show. You know, um, It's really great to find out that you're not alone, yeah. that you are experiencing things that other people have dealt with and are dealing with and you can there's a lot of advice going on in the room older curmudgeons like me will say 
well, you need to do this. Or, you know, yeah, it's yeah. usually much more friendly than that. I'm sure. really not that horrible in the <laughs> meetings. But um, you can get a lot of advice from yeah. from your peers, you know, close to your age or someone that's been in the business for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of advice and um, information you can get. Um, and some pretty decent pizza, too. It's I heard decent. About that. Get there early so it's not too cold. Yeah. Um, uh, we also do craft meetings. Um, usually we do them in the summer. We're doing them right now. Um, a craft meeting is a great way for you to meet specifically people in your craft. Like you would go to the storyboard meeting. I go to the design one, and there's also one for creative managers. I've mm. actually been going to a lot of them because I'm on the board and the negotiation committee. So right. um, that's a great place to bring up craft-specific ideas. Um, mm. And... Um, Okay, so anyway, you don't need to go to every meeting, but go once or twice, and you might get the solidarity bug like I did. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Also, um, check out the Guild's website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's animationguild.org, and I am assuming that you will also include a link with this podcast. I absolutely will. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you. Um it's not the most amazing website, but one thing. Uh, okay, well, there's lots of things. Um, you can find our current contract there. Um, you can look up the rates in your job category that's or huge. other job categories, so that's nice. Um, you can also get that information by calling the guild or having your own copy of the contract or talking to a shop steward. Um, and then you can find out information about the classes, art gallery shows. You can download the pegboard in full color. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, best of all. Um, and this is the first thing that you see when you go to the the website. We have member profiles, and you can set up a member profile for yourself, and it's a little mini portfolio. Um, so you don't necessarily have to volunteer to have your stuff come up randomly as people scroll through the or navigate through the the website, but. I actually just went on it <laughs> to prepare for this podcast and was like, oh my gosh, look at that. I, I saw an old, you know, a co-worker that I hadn't yeah. seen in years. Yeah. I saw his name and clicked on it and there was a picture of him and some of his artwork. Um, so you can reconnect with people that way. You can find people working on stuff. You can search by name or by craft or oh, by all kinds of ways um whether someone's available or not you might get headhunted you know i really 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 encourage people to put up their member profile and especially to volunteer to actually have your artwork shown on the main page it's free yeah yeah it's free yeah they're gonna go and verify that you're really a member (laughs) in order to get this web page that actually brings up a good question too because um People who are listening to this, uh, probably many of them aren't members yet because right. they are art students or whatever the case, or maybe they're working, they've only been working at non-union shops so yes. far and they're trying to get in. Um, so one of the other things that people can take advantage of, other because the website, some stuff is accessible to non-union yes. members, yeah. like rates and these kinds of things, right? But also... Uh, they do like holiday parties and things, yes. right? Like mixers that are yeah. completely free. Yes. That people can come to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So um, the the union meetings are just for members. Um, but yeah, there's mixers. Uh, there's 
art gallery openings. Anybody can come to that. Um, yeah, that's good. And and the gallery itself is open. Um, yeah. yeah, if you're not a member, I hope you can be soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the, the reason I bring that up, too, is because um, – like if I were an art student and I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, yeah, sign how, me how up. How do I yeah, do it? Like, what do I do? Well, you got to get a job at a union shop. Um, yeah. It it could be freelance. I think. I think you can join the union by doing freelance. I think it starts. I think it starts racking up. Well, when I started, I started getting freelance hours at that time, and that oh, was okay. 2008 or nine. Yeah. If I think that if you do 30 days of work at a union shop, then you're required to join the union um and that's a good thing but i really hope that anybody listening that is interested gets to join Um, yeah and i think too um i've even heard people who are trying to get in or trying to get to re-enter the union they they go to those mixers and then they're able to meet i mean all people who work in animation and you can like you know rub elbows and ask questions and and who knows what could come yeah. from that. Yeah. So, um, really, I only have a couple questions left for you. Um, and one of them, uh, I think they're both important to kind of get perspective on what it's like to be in the industry, but what it takes to maintain your energy while being here. So yeah. one question I have for you is um, – what sort of things do you do um, outside of work to help keep your creative energy and mind feeling fresh? Oh, I I take a lot of classes whenever I can. Whenever work is under control, mm-hmm. um, something comes up and I see a class that looks interesting, I take it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cartoon Network has been actually offering some classes and I took a couple of those recently and I'm signed up to start another one soon. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's at your workplace or it's through the union. Um, In my case, I took some, I, for several years, I took botanical watercolor classes at the Huntington. um, Oh, cool. And that fed my desire to paint with real brushes and real paint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. which um, having started on regular show with real watercolors, that was great. But eventually we kind of didn't paint with real water anymore <laughs> or mm-hmm. real paper. Um, so I took botanical watercolor classes and that was really fun. It was really super tight scientific paintings of um, the stuff that they grow at the Huntington. Um, and I also... Um, because, as I said before, I don't get to do as much artwork at work as mm. art director um, as I would love to do. I do volunteer um, to do artwork for people. Now, I'm as part of the union, I would definitely say don't work for free. But there are cases where you should work for free. Sure. Um, in my case, whatever volunteer artwork I can do, either through work or through the union, I'll go do that, and I read a lot. And read, yeah, <laughs> reading is good. That's I awesome. Read. Yeah, um, it's funny. Um, I I've been asking this to people a lot lately, and it's surprising. Maybe it's not surprising how often people say that they replenish their creative juices for artwork with doing artwork. Yeah. <laughs> 
which you know whatever i mean that's cool but yeah it's just funny it's always funny to me when i'm like okay yeah but you know what, what do you do to like stay fresh <laughs> oh i do artwork <laughs> like what but i think what's great about that is it sh- it it illustrates very clearly how much of a passion you have to have to do this job it's true it's true i mean there's certain people we all know them and you may be one of them chris but i'm not one of those people that can't stop drawing oh i can stop i love (laughs) to lay around and do nothing you know Uh like i if i can be on the couch with three cats laying on top of me and watching <laughs> binge watching something and, and doing a Rubik's cube at the same time. Nice. Um, I will do that. But um, I, I do like to draw, but some people can't stop. Right. right? Yeah. And we all know them and I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and my last question, I don't know, maybe it's kind of on a similar sort of wavelength, but um, when you think about the scope of your career and what you've done, um, what do you think inspires you to continue to bring passion to your job every day? Oh, gosh. I I think I have to say that it's my coworkers. You know, oh, okay. when I see them doing amazing work, um, I want to do something that amazing, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we can all tear our hair out <laughs> on some days because we're working really hard. But... When you have such a, a an enthusiastic group of coworkers that are mm-hmm. working together to create something that is fun for other people, that's always refreshing. You know, that's great. That's a great answer. I'm glad I Good. asked the question anyway. So that's awesome. Um, well, yeah. So I can't thank you enough for um, uh, volunteering your time oh, to sure. come and do this. <laughs> Um, I, even I've learned a lot, uh, in this, um, time that we've been chatting, this has been amazing. And, um, if there's anything I can do for you, um, <gasps> moving forward or whatever guilt stuff, let me know, please. Thank you so very much. Um, I really do appreciate it. And Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'll let you know when <laughs> I'm ready to put this puppy out into okay. the internet. <laughs> awesome. Thank I you. I will be embarrassed and not listen to it because I hate my voice as much as everybody else hates their own voice. Yeah, I was going to say, I hear that all the time. So join the club. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us this week, especially if this was your first time tuning in to the podcast. If you learned one new thing, please be sure to pay it forward by either rating it and or reviewing the podcast. You can also subscribe. And most importantly, don't forget to share it. It's super easy to do. Also, speaking of not forgetting, don't forget to send us your Ask Me Anything questions. Like I said, either Facebook, Twitter, email, Pigeon Courier. It really doesn't matter. Just get us those questions. And um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode this week. So as always, thanks for tuning into and being part of the Animation Network. still there great please don't forget to check us out we're all over the internet so come find us at places like twitter at t-a-n underscore podcast 
And of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash animation network podcast and our home on the web, which is theanimationnetwork.org, where you can see all the things that we do that are the animation network, all of the team members, and you can email us directly. You can see all the services we provide so that you can have support on your journey toward breaking into animation. So come check us out.